0: What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. Hey, uh, I apologize for the sound of my voice. I'm a little under the weather. Uh, And I also apologize for the gap in content. I uh, have had a lot going on. And then uh, the way that I record a lot of the spinning yarns, uh, I do it um, during my ride home. And the app that I was using uh, no longer exists, and I transitioned to a new phone, and then I couldn't re-download the app, and then I have to I had to download something else, and I'm relearning how to use it. So it's been kind of a little more difficult for me to sit down and record, but today I'm doing it uh, at home. Uh, I got home a little early today, and it was after an interesting week where some things happened and a, a theme was appearing to me. I, I came back from leave, and I was extremely frustrated uh, with some of the things I was seeing, uh, kind of on a new level, I, I think it was the the contrast between not having been at work for a period of time and then now that I was back, uh, it's kind of the stark contrast of the the two worlds, really, where I was you know nice and calm and decompressed, and and then I came back and ran into uh, some situations that bothered me quite a bit, uh, and, and it started with the realization during a meeting where a senior leader was frustrated that the sponsorship program was not being taken as seriously as they thought it should be. And it should. It's a very important program uh, it, for a lot of reasons. I'm not going to go down that hole of why, but it, it is very, very important for a sailor's first impression of the command and potentially leading into their success uh, at that command during their first tour or subsequent subsequent tours. And he was frustrated, and rightly so, That it wasn't being taken seriously and these messages weren't being transmitted to sailors without him having to harp on people uh, to get it done, which, you know, again, rightly so. So we're in a meeting where a lot of it was department chiefs, department heads, some other leadership. um, And he kind of went into a YFG speech, you know, like like, hey, uh, you know, this is garbage that I'm the one that has to be pushing this and that no one else takes it seriously. And I've been trying to convince you guys for a long time and basically just telling us we were screwing it up. And that we needed to make sure that these messages got transmitted. And it came up in the conversation that we had like a, a status of incoming personnel displayed on like a PowerPoint projection. And one of my guys was up there and I just made the note of, well, I, I've been in contact with that guy for several weeks. Uh, and I alerted the, the people that update this tracker and it's not updated, which has been a constant problem. Where we've been saying, hey, like, I've been, why isn't this updated? Well, I've been providing the input and they're not updating it. So it's kind of like a weak area that they've been attacking and and trying to get that thing to be updated regularly so that the meetings can go smoother. So it turns into an attack on me, uh, uh, kind of. Not like I was just because I was the one that said something, not because I have some huge deficiency in sponsorship or anything else, but on basically, you know, oh, that's great that you've been in contact with your sailor, but these messages aren't getting transmitted. I'm like, okay, well, whose job is it to transmit these messages? And there's every time I go down that road where I feel like I'm almost placing blame or something when I say, well, whose job is it? Because I've always kind of been a champion of the there's no such thing as it's not my job. And especially as a chief, like I'm going to it doesn't matter. I'm going to attack everything and I'm going to I'm going to be part of the solution all the time. And I'm not going to make excuses. And it doesn't matter if it's in my wheelhouse or not. I'm going to go after it and I'm going to get the job done. And I'll if I got to, you know, bring people along with me kicking and screaming, I'll do that. And I've done that for a long time. And the realization I'm coming to is I am freaking exhausted in a way I can't even articulate with words that has me seriously considering retiring uh, when I get to that point uh, here in a few years when before I, I, I wasn't. I, I wanted to be a chief of the boat and I wanted to be a CMC someday and I thought I'd be doing this uh, quite a bit longer and I find myself kind of just getting Spent like where I it's not that I mentally and logically don't still want to do it, but I'm to the point now where I spend a lot of hours at work doing things that are air quotes, right? imagine the air quotes fingers, not my job. And I hate saying that out loud, it hurts my heart letting those words escape my lips, but it's not. And what's frustrating to me is I. I I am that guy still where I am on board with everybody being part of the solution. And even if it is outside my wheelhouse or quote unquote, not my job that I'm, I'm still on board with helping and training and mentoring and pushing everybody in the right direction and being a part of the solution. But when you're in that scenario where something's not happening because someone's not doing what they're supposed to be doing. You got to find the balance between everybody jumping on board and everybody being a part of the solution and not being afraid to do those things to send that sponsorship email or message or draft the message for the guy or gal that is busy with other things or that, but they, that, you know, didn't have time to do it because they were in school or were on leave or whatever. But that's not what's happening. The person that's supposed to be doing it just isn't doing it. And then the person that owns the program is not holding that person accountable for not doing it. And then the person that, <laughs> that has the biggest problem with it walks into a room and blames it on everyone. That's all the leaders that are in that room because it's a leadership problem. And it's really easy to walk into that room and blame it on the leaders in that room. And do we have a part in that blame? Yes, yes we do. But there's a very specific mechanism in place to make sure that program works. There is a, a program manager. There is a, a person, like a, there's like a coordinator. Then there's a program manager. And then there's the upper chain of command that's responsible overall. Like every instruction in the Navy, the CEO's responsibility is blah. Make sure this program exists and it's happening. And then you assign the coordinator and the program manager, right? But the program manager is not making sure the things are happening. And the coordinator is not doing the things, And then the upper chain of command recognized that fact and instead of holding the program manager and coordinator personally accountable for not administering that program the way that they should be, they walked into a room full of other leaders with 10 million other things on their plates and told them they were failing. And they weren't doing their job because they weren't taking a program that they didn't own seriously. Do we have a piece of it? Yes, we do. It's in the instruction. I 100% believe in that. But I also 100% believe that by virtue of the fact that I'm consistently in contact with the sailors, making sure they got everything they need. They've got my phone number. I'm providing them the resources. I'm freaking helping my my incoming E5 house hunt right now, sending them little Google Maps pictures of where he should look for a home and everything else. And it's like, and I, and I, that's my, that's me. That's mine. That's my piece of the pie. And I will absolutely go above and beyond to do that. But, but again, the dichotomy being how, Above and beyond can I go before I don't have the bandwidth anymore? How above and beyond can I go before I'm burnt out, before I'm taking attention away from something else that's my primary duty and getting burnt out because I can't do everything? I, I can't. I would love to be able to. I would love to clone myself 700 times and put myself in a bunch of different places to help everyone with everything, if I could multiply my myself in that way, I would. I'd be more than willing to do it. But I'm a human being, and I've got limitations, and so does everyone else. Which I feel like is where we're, we're kind of missing the mark. Where uh, the the th- like, so the CNO talked a while back about eliminating collateral duties. I don't know how much action's actually been taken on that. I haven't seen any at my level. Uh, at submarines, it's all still the same. There's still a million collateral duties, of which I have. 999,999 of them, or so it feels a lot of the time, right, where uh, a lot lion's share of my time is spent on other things, is spent on collateral duty things, senior leadership things, uh, you know, helping people out with other things, mentoring people, et cetera, right? Doing a lot of things that are kind of peripheral or helping out the CMC or doing things for the CO or whatever, there's a, a lot of collateral duty things and I definitely spend more of my time doing those things than I do being the, the cook chief, which is my primary duty, uh, and the supply department chief, which is my primary duty. Um, and it's, it's kind of, it's easy for, at least for someone like me, to feel like an excuse machine when... I get into a situation where I'm in fact overwhelmed, and what do you do as a chief? You ask for help. You go to other chiefs. You ask for help, and and they provide it. And somehow we keep all these flaming chainsaws juggling the vast majority of the time. But once in a while, one falls, and we just it almost feels like we're triaging it sometimes. Where depending on what the mission is, there are things that we can just let fall, and then pick them back up later when they're the important things. It feels like we're we're running around playing Dutch boy plug in the holes that matter until later when other holes matter and then we just move over there <laughs> but that now that one's leaking but it you know I can only plug so many holes with the fingers that I have so we're overwhelmed and I think a lot of you feel that way and I think it's not just overwhelmed in workload right a lot of times what I find is the way leadership deals with things not happening the way that they're supposed to is they go on rants like that. They go into meetings and blame. They place blame at the feet of certain people and then they just walk away. And then they do it again and they do it again and they do it again. And I've noticed this a lot lately where senior leadership spends their time identifying what the issue is, walking into a room full of leaders and telling them you're all effed up because of this problem and then walking out, fix it, and then walking out. OK, uh, thanks for pointing that out. And like, what are we going to do about it? What's the solution besides just telling me that that, I, that I'm that i failing? And and I may be in in part or all of it or whatever, but a lot of the times we're walking into a room and just generally giving these YFG speeches and then walking out or we're beating people down for stuff that doesn't really matter. And that's kind of the other piece of this that I want to talk about, too, is that I've seen and heard a lot, including a story today that I'm going to relay to you about when junior sailors are overwhelmed in this way, they're generally overwhelmed with conforming or, um, yeah, I mean, that's probably the right word, conforming to the Navy way, right? And And I've talked about this a lot before, but just... Anything, like name it, pick something, anything in your work center, on your ship, uh, just in everyday Navy life that this is the way we do it because it's the Navy way. right? There, There's a ton of them and a lot of the, the things that we're seeing with the young people joining the Navy now is they're challenging a lot of it. They're asking why a lot. I don't think that's always bad. I think, to be honest, the majority of the time it's not bad. And that, like I've said before, you need to take the time to explain to them why it's not bad or why we do the things the way that we do. And maybe there's a reason for it. A lot of times there is a really great reason for it. But I don't think we take the time enough to explain to them what that reason is. And a story today that I heard, like there's this young man. So I get my hair cut by a young lady uh, that that live, they live nearby. Uh, her husband is in the Navy, junior, uh, on his first tour towards the end of it. Um, he's a conventional mechanic, and he is on his way out of the Navy because he just can't take it anymore is what she constantly repeats to me. And I asked for, like, some examples, and today she was telling me uh, she cuts hair, so that's kind of her her context. And she said uh, he had a hard part haircut, which I know everybody just smirked because that is, like, the thing right now. I swear to God, every 21-, 22-year-old male in the, in the Navy has that freaking haircut right now. But uh, he had this haircut where... Uh, He had a hard part, part was shaved in, and then uh, it was kind of faded on the other side. It wasn't like the hard part. I've seen a lot of guys like they like shave it up all the way and then there's just hair combed over. Uh, I don't know if that's the same thing or not. I I think it like evolved into that. But regardless, that's not the point. The point being he had a hard part shaved in. Uh, I think that's what a hard part is, is just when it's shaved in. I I don't really know. But most of the, the majority of the bulk of the hair combed over to one side clean fade. And then it was faded up on the other side, but there was still some hair on that side. It wasn't like the shaved all the way up thing. And there was a fade and she cuts hair for a living. And I specifically request her because she gives such awesome haircuts. Uh, so so I know the haircut was was done well, at least. And I asked her some questions about it. And I'm like, everything you're describing to me is in regs. And she said uh, that her uh, husband's chief told him that his hair was not in regs. Uh, and that he needed to fix it. And the only way to fix it because of the way the hard part was shaved in was to shave his head. And he was so frustrated with the fact that this is what he had to deal with, uh, on a regular basis that he shaved his head. And it, it I was like, why? Like, why didn't he uh, like pull the instruction out and have that conversation and just be like, look chief, like I'm in regs. I made sure I was in regs before I got this haircut Um, because he did he had the book and he and he knew uh, and he made sure that when he got that haircut and it's the same haircut he's had for years but for some reason uh, his chief took a hard line on it and and I haven't seen the haircut I I'm not saying there's not a chance that it maybe it was on the borderline but it sounded to me like I, I have guys that work for me that have that same hard part freaking haircut that's so trendy right now but it's in regs uh my my LPO has that uh, haircut and it's completely in regs and it's, he keeps it clean and faded all the time. And when he gets the part shaved in, it's in regs the way that he does it. And he makes sure it's in regs. Cause that's the kind of guy he is so, and I, cause I wouldn't allow it any other way. And, and that, that you, you think about it we're talking about a haircut. It, it sounds trivial led to this kid shaving his head. Cause he was so frustrated with having to deal with constantly getting like railroaded in these ways or or consistently just forced to conform to an old school view of how things should be and it's and it is just a view because the haircut was in regs the way she described it anyway but as an example guys are just sick of conforming and sick of being forced into this mold now is that a good or a bad thing i don't know right but i know the way we go about obtaining what we view as conformity is generally bad. And what I mean by that is beating shall continue until morale improves, right? We force the the square peg into the round hole and then if we can't, we just throw it away. What I mean by that is I've talked about previously DRBs where it's just like guys are ready to just crucify these guys because they don't get it and they're not willing to conform. Well, What's the problem? Like, what have we not figured out yet? Because if they're failing to conform, we're failing to lead them down the path of success in this organization. So what did we do wrong? What have we not accomplished with this sailor yet? What happened? Because just destroying somebody, because they're not conforming to what our idea of a super sat sailor is, obtains what? Exactly. All we're going to do is chase away talent. That's it. That's all that's going to happen. You're just going to send bright, high-functioning people home with a sour taste in their mouth that are going to relay that to all the other high-functioning, bright people that they work with in their civilian jobs. So what are we accomplishing? And if I'm stuck with that sailor that I've now beaten to submission for three more years, am I going to get peak production out of them? Are they going to be just stellar, high functioning, just um, like crushing the game at every turn, winning awards? Like, are they going to be that person? Maybe, I mean, maybe, but they're the minority. They're If they're externally motivated, if they need that push, maybe. But a lot of them, a lot of them, We're just beating them, browbeating them until they find a path out of the Navy. That's why we have what's called embedded mental health professionals on submarines now. Not on them, but like attached to the area to cut down on the number of people that are quitting based on the inability to mentally cope with life on board submarines because it's super freaking stressful. And to add on to that, there's this little cultural twist where we like to beat the square peg into the round hole. And what do we accomplish when we do that? We lose people. That's it. I lose sailors. Whether it's at their EAOS or previous, I lose sailors. And on a platform like mine, I lose one, that's like 20% of my division. That's a big deal to me. I lose one person to an unplanned loss. It hurts in a lot of ways. And that's not the only reason we should care, but it's a big one. So recognizing that silly things that we can fix, big things that we can fix, everyday interactions that we can fix affect these sailors' desire to stick around and their ability to perform, their willingness to perform. Because think about it: what? What? Who? Who's following us? And why? Like think about though just the the people that are following you now, they're not the same. You're not gonna scare them into following you. We're not living in a world like I mean, when I came through, I was terrified to disappoint anybody, and it seemed like that was the theme. But in this in this generation in this day and age, they know what their opportunities are. They're empowered to ask questions and ask why, and they know that if this doesn't work out, and and if like not that they're not gonna work. Or work hard or do what they got to do to just punch the clock and get to their to their EOS. And there's a lot of sailors out there doing that. Not because they're bad people, but because they're responding to poor leadership. They're responding to getting bludgeoned to fit into this mold that isn't who they are. Can they be sailors? Can they have the identity of a sailor and still be be the, the person that they are That. Being who they are is what's going to get them to the point where they're they're getting out of it what they need to. They're getting the job satisfaction and they're getting to feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. They're getting that intrinsic value of service. Can they be both? Yes, but we got to lead them there. We got to create an organization that that fosters that kind of an environment. If it doesn't exist and we're just going to beat them into this mold that we think is what a sailor should be, without any consideration to their personality to what they're motivated by to their context and upbringing and background and goals and aspirations and and everything the what how they communicate the best like on and on the list can go if we're unwilling to, to kind of have that conversation if we're unwilling to to create an environment where they're going to succeed and contribute to the organization, and, and we can maximize that contribution by do by doing that, like by creating that environment. We're just going to keep losing people. You can, we can't beat them into submission. We accomplish nothing. We lose when we do that as an organization. Our mission suffers as a result, and it and it's not just junior sailors, like I was saying. I've spent the better part of the last six months thinking about retirement. And I, I I don't want to, but I don't know that if I continue, I'll be giving it everything I got like I have in the past. You know what I mean? Like I just feel wrung out and I don't know if it's a temporary thing or if it, you know, I it's one of those like go to shore duty, maybe you'll recharge your batteries and, and, come back swinging uh and it's possible i've done it before but if that's how i feel like i i it terrifies me that that there could be all these other people out there that that are doing that that feel that same way at my level and and higher where there's just so much to do so little time i want to do everything with the same like motivation and, and I want to devote the same amount of bandwidth and I, and I want to put the same amount of effort into everything that I do. And I want to help everybody with everything. And I want to sit down and mentor every sailor. And I want to make all those collateral duties, you know, happen and make sure those programs are squared away because they affect sailors. And I want to do this, that, and the other thing. And it's just like, at what point do we say, this is too much. At what point do we say, that personal accountability is a priority at what point do we stop just shotgun blasting people and i know this is kind of all over the place but i feel like it it feels like there's a common thread running through the whole thing and it's that feeling that overwhelmed feeling that spent feeling where it's it's hard to fight back from that. It's not like like a normal loss of motivation. It's like, man, this feels like a scar to me. Like this feels like something that I'm like going to carry with me forever and maybe it dulls out a little bit, but I I don't see how other sailors aren't feeling that same way for this for similar reasons, for the reasons that I described earlier where they're consistently getting blamed for things they have little or no control over. They're consistently feeling frustrated because we're bludgeoning them into submission instead of asking them their input or involving them in a planning process or a decision or at least explaining why the mold is molded that way. I just feel like we're on this like dangerous. Trajectory, and if we keep heading the same direction without a gigantic course correction, we can end up in a pretty scary place. Uh, even if it's just the perpetual loss of really great people, it's going to add up over time. Uh, I and I don't think we're going to live in a world forever of a never ending supply for the all-volunteer force, right? Because those opportunities are are out there. They're plentiful. And these kids are educated to them. They know their worth and they know what they can do on the outside world. And they join the organization because they want to be part of something bigger than themselves. And it's almost like we spend a lot of time doing everything we can to convince them that, you know what? You should have picked the other option. And I feel like we should be running in the other direction, like sprinting away from that model of forcing by whatever means necessary conformity to an old model. We, we start at the beginning from scratch and it is so easy to just pound that hoo button at RTC and build all these values into these blank slates because they're eager to be a part of something bigger than themselves and they want to learn about the organization they want to conform and be a part of it but they don't want to lose themselves in that process and themselves is the talent pool that we draw on to be successful successful as an organization like i remember being asked if i was an individual and the expected answer was no no I'm a sailor. I'm part of the team. You know what I mean? Like the, they are trying to get you to conform. And I, and I understand why. But I am an individual. So were you. So is everyone else. To deny that is to strip away someone's identity that they don't want stripped away. They like who they are. Most people like themselves at least a little bit. They want both. They want to be the best sailor they can be while being themselves. And I think that that's what we're missing a little bit uh, is that it's okay. If they're themselves, it's okay. If they ask questions, it's okay. If we explain why and it's okay to hold people personally accountable, it's okay to tell people that they're doing something wrong. Uh, and, and it's okay to have those conversations and fix the process that way, instead of going into a room and blaming a large group of people for something that personal accountability could have fixed because not only are you not fixing the actual problem but you're stealing a little more motivation from a lot of people in that room that were probably doing the right thing already like it, i've never believed much in the concept of punishing a large group of people for something an individual did wrong and i know a lot of people have seen that at commands where a sailor would do something wrong like get a dui for instance and then like every like liberty's locked down for the whole ship right I understand why people do it. I just never really agreed with it because I think you're losing a lot more than you gain most of the time when you do that because, you know, 99% of the people were doing the right thing and now everyone's getting punished for the decisions of one person. Again, like are there circumstances where that may be warranted? Sure. Uh, I'm sure somebody could provide an example to me that would make sense, but the vast majority of the time, I think we lose a lot more than we gain. I think you demotivate a lot of people that were doing it right. And did you really hold the person accountable if you're blaming it all on the entire group instead of the one person? Probably not. Uh, and again, accountability, not necessarily being negative, You go hold the person accountable that isn't running the program. You get that program turned around. Now that program is benefiting sailors. That sailor benefits from the training and accountability because now they're doing a better job because maybe the whole time they thought they were. And then we just hadn't fixed it. Uh, And then you also kind of get back what you didn't lose because you didn't do it the previously mentioned way where now all those people that you shotgun blasted that had nothing to do with this are not demotivated and didn't have to sit through a YFG speech about how they're screwing something up that they have no, no or little control over and a process in which they have a small part in that they're probably all doing, uh, you know, but they, they don't own it. They're not the ones that send that message. <laughs> I don't know that this was very, I'm probably going to chop this up a little bit to try to make it make some more sense. I might even add some stuff into it at some point uh, to make it go a little smoother. The the stream of consciousness that, I just recorded, uh, the beatings will continue until morale improves model that we've been following since I've been around, I think as part of the problem that you see, especially in the stuff where, uh, you're seeing a lot of negative feedback to, uh, the chiefs mess a little bit, there's been a lot of discussion about chiefs being the problem. And I don't believe that chiefs are the problem. That's not what I'm saying, but I do believe that there is a problem and, and a big part of the problem is, is kind of in how we're communicating it. Because in my experience, as I've mentioned before, because I get to be behind the curtain, uh, very, I mean, I'm talking like I can count on one hand, the number of people wearing anchors I've ever met in my life that didn't have your best interest at heart, that wouldn't crawl over hot coals to do the right thing for you. And to take care of you and make sure you have what you need and, but how we all get to that, that end is very different. And a lot of times the way they communicate it, the things they think they should be doing, uh, to lead you or to hold you accountable or to motivate you, they're just doing it wrong because they don't know how, what, what right is. They don't know how to communicate with this generation of human beings. They don't know how to bridge the gap. Uh, And and they think that the right answer is to yell or they think that the right answer is to bludgeon and force you to conform to this mold or they're just doing it the way they saw it done or the way some old salt taught them how to do it. Uh, That's how I learned. And then it took me a long time and a lot of mistakes to figure out that that's not the best way of doing it. And I'm still learning uh, every day. That's it. Uh, anybody that has any feedback on anything, uh, hit us up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't give up the shit podcast. Or you can DM me on Instagram at Dgets Podcast and I'll get back to you as soon as I possibly can. Uh, slogging through an outline for the Navy Advancement Program update. There's a lot of changes and I'm still kind of wrapping my mind around it and I haven't had a lot of, t- of time to sit down and really kind of fine tooth comb it. I have an outline like 87% done, but, uh, I got a little more to add to it before I put that out. I just don't want to, I don't want to lowball that one, uh, because it's very important to all of you. And there's a lot of data, uh, that I want to make sure I get right the first time. And, uh, so I'll be getting that one out soon. That'll be the next full length episode with a sweet history segment. It's going to be pretty long. And then, uh, and then, yeah, uh, looking forward to spending more time on uh, even uh, more and better content. And that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. And don't give up the ship.